Let's we read the Bible from Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 16 to 23. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that we were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delight in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They have popped up with idle and notion by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body spotted and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God caused it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not test, do not touch. This rule, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human comment on teaching. Such regulation indeed have an experience of, of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in retrain sensual indulgence. There's the word of God. Well, uh, thanks, uh, thanks again uh, for having me here today. Um, uh, if you missed it a bit earlier, the reason I'm here and not Colin is that he has COVID. Uh, you might have I just missed that key detail. Um, and yeah, Colin rang me early in the week to see if I was available to, to be here, and uh, thankfully I am. It's really a great privilege to come and uh, be with you this morning. Um, but Colin was really, really looking forward to being here himself, of course, uh, and he's really bummed uh, he can't be. Uh, so on Colin's behalf, uh, especially as a student leader this morning, really big welcome to you. Um, he'd love to um, yeah, um, catch you someday and encourage you in your new roles. Um, Colin's put a lot of thought already into what he wanted to say. And so he sent those uh, things through to me about what he was going to say and encourage us all in. Um, so it's a new thing for me, actually, to kind of preach someone else's sermon this morning. I haven't done this before. Uh, what I've done is I've taken Colin's great work, uh, I've put some of it into my own words and changed a few things, but um, what I want to say is if you get confused or bored by anything, uh, or the jokes aren't funny, assume that's me. Uh, that was my work. Uh, if you hear some uh, super helpful, absolute gold, that's definitely Colin. So uh, that's just a bit of a disclaimer there. Um, many of you who have met Colin will realise that he and I have a very similar hairdo, uh, to put it mildly, I suppose. Um, so we joked about maybe this week I could just borrow one of his shirts and see if anyone notices if I put on an English accent that I'm not him. Um, we thought that was pretty funny, well, I did at least. Um, but after that, I started wondering, well, what am I supposed to wear to Trinity Church Woodcroft? Um, when I preach at Tonsley, I wear my jeans and these shoes, just new sneakers. Um, but then I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to dress up more. I know Colin's a really laid-back guy, but maybe he wears a shirt and tie and you know, a suit when he preaches. What, what if they judge me uh, if I'm not dressed like I should be? What if they think I'm not a very good Christian? Uh, sort of wondering those things as you get getting ready to go to church. But then I've actually read what Colin had written this week. I read Colossians 2, and I realised it's fine. 
I can wear whatever I want this morning uh, because this part of the Bible, if you realise what was going on, this part of the Bible tells us, don't worry at all about keeping silly rules. That was kind of the main theme there, wasn't it? Don't worry about keeping silly rules. Now, it's interesting because rules are very important, aren't they? Um, For the student leaders here today, uh, rules matter, don't they? Um, Your role is very clearly given to you. I'm not sure if this is on the screen somewhere. I'm sorry I haven't um, got the slides all sorted out. But um, your role is clearly given to you to be positive role models, uh, to work on initiatives that support a positive student community, uh, to coordinate activities and assist the head of school, deputy head and principal for official functions. It's a big job. Uh, There's a lot going on there. I assume, at very least, to be an example to others, that means you need to put the school's values into practice. Uh, That will include following the school rules. Some rules really matter. Uh, Rules are quite important. Well, it seems that uh, quite a lot of people seem to think that's what Christianity and going to church is all about. Just following a bunch of rules, learning the do's and the don'ts, and if you get enough of them right, maybe you get to go to heaven. But if you're paying attention to what we just read in Colossians 2, you realise we said, well, it's about not following a bunch of rules. It's not about that at all. Now, this letter in the Bible, the letter of Colossians, was written by a guy who knew Jesus in person. His name was Paul. Before he met Jesus, Paul uh, was a religious teacher. Uh, He was very religious, actually. He knew all about the rules and he cared deeply about every single one. But if you have your Bibles open in front of you there, have a look again at verse 16. I'll sort of just uh, point out a few things going on here. It's great to keep the Bible open in front of you if you you have the chance to do that, to Colossians 2. In verse 16, Paul is saying, don't let anyone judge you for not following rules, religious rules here. Don't let anyone judge you for not following these rules. Verse 18, he's saying, well, don't let anyone disqualify you if you aren't up to their standards. It's pretty good, isn't it? Don't worry about what other people are thinking of you. Verse 23 says, well, there's a whole bunch of rules. They lack any value. Some rules lack value in restraining us uh, because they can't change us or actually shape us as they should. So after that kind of introduction, here's a question. Are rules good or not? And how do we know the difference? Are rules good or not for Christians? Do we have freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want? Well, the key thing here is that Paul is writing a letter. We've just taken a small part of this letter, and the bit just before this, he's writing to a church, uh, and the bit just before this we read uh, that he's, he's reminding them being a Christian isn't actually at all about what we do. It's not about what we do at all. It's all about what Jesus has already done for us. See, Jesus is fully God, and he came to live as one of us, fully man. Uh, he lived the perfect life, Uh, And he chose uh, willingly to go to his death on a Roman cross uh, to pay the price for everything that we have done and everything we will do that is wrong. And so that when everyone, when anyone, sorry, when anyone believes in Jesus and uh, trusts him with their life, uh, we're made new. Uh, We're completely forgiven of all our sins forever. We're promised a life of perfect joy for eternity. Uh, These are very big and very good things, and it can sound too good to be true, actually, being told it's all about what Jesus does, not about us, and not having to keep rules. That sounds pretty good. And some people in the church Paul's writing to are saying, well, actually, Jesus isn't enough. Uh, You're going to need to do something else as well. Uh, Here's a bunch of extra rules you should follow. Paul says, rubbish. Forget about it. We don't need religious rules to follow. We just need to follow Jesus. Now, um, Colin sent uh, to me the values and guiding principles Woodcroft College has, and uh, they're great values. I I don't know if they're on the screen for us. Perhaps the next slide might have it. 
Well, there's values there, sorry. Inspire confidence, generous spirit, real connection, keep growing. I think the next slide expands it a bit fuller. Yeah, um, I'll leave that in the background there so you can uh, sort of skim through that as you look. But it's a, they're great values. I hope the student leaders have read and become familiar with these. Um, now, student leaders, if you go through uh, your days here at school, putting this into practice, uh, you'll come through school fulfilling your potential. And as a leader, if you can help others do the same, that is a brilliant thing for the whole community. Uh, these values, though, they, what they're really doing, I think, is helping prepare you for the real deal, uh, for the rest of life beyond school. So imagine, though, that uh, it's your first day of work, um, you've finished school, you've started a new job, and you're trying to make uh, a great impression on your first day. Uh, or perhaps you're off to uni, and in your very first tutorial there, trying to work out who, who the cool kids are, and uh, trying to pretend to be really smart. Um, then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, Mr. Fox rocks up, and he says, quick, quick, I need to give you a quick rave lesson to remind you of all those good values we taught you at Woodcroft College. Now, it's ridiculous, of course. Uh, it's ridiculous. Partly because, by then, you won't need to be reminded of your school values. By the time you finish school, you'll be ready. You'll have internalised them, and as you've led others in these same kind of values, you'll help everyone sort of soak in these wonderful, wonderful values. And in any case, it's too late by then. You've finished with school. The time you've had embodying these values will have done the job, because school has been preparing you for that moment. You can think about another way. Imagine uh, you've been involved in a school musical, months and months of rehearsals and practice, uh, and then finally the performance, uh, it goes great, great success. After the performance is finished, the next week you start practicing again for the very same performance. Wouldn't that be strange? It'd be very odd, wouldn't it? There'd be no point doing that. The real deal, the thing that the rehearsals have been pointing to, it's already happened, it's already here. And that's what Paul's saying here in Colossians 2, in verses 16 to 17. Some Christians were being very, very judgy uh, about other Christians not doing enough religious stuff, uh, watching what they eat and uh, celebrating the right religious festivals, things like that. Uh, what Paul's saying is these, uh, these regulations, these rules are from the Old Testament. They're a bit like school. Uh, they're a bit like school. They're a good teacher, a good guardian. But those rules are all about the real deal, pointing us forward to what we uh, meet in Jesus. They're getting us ready for the right thing at the right time, the real thing, getting Jewish people ready for God to send his Messiah, to send Jesus. What I'm saying is those rules weren't the main thing. They were a shadow of the real thing, Jesus. Just like you don't need to keep wearing your school uniform once you've finished uh, with your school days, Christian don't, Christians don't need to stick with the Old Testament laws to be right with God. The law has done its job of pointing us to Jesus. And Jesus actually makes us right with God. The thing with uh, Christians is we often like to make up new rules. Uh, we've, don't worry about the Old Testament. We make up our own kind of rules, like what to wear to church or things like that. Paul's saying, don't need to worry about that either. It's only Jesus we need to worry about who makes us right with God, not our rule-keeping. It's Jesus who makes it possible for us to enjoy relationship with God as we're supposed to, to find joy and to find acceptance from him. Keeping rules can never do that. Of course, um, we can't live without any values or any rules, can we? Uh, that would be chaos. Imagine trying to drive here uh, this morning if there was no road rules. Uh, it would be a disaster. Having uh, values to guide us is a very important thing. Um, student leaders, you're expected to be a positive example of the school values. And again, they are great values. They do make for a great school. What makes these uh, great values is that uh, leaders with these values, they're not about themselves. 
Uh, you'll be doing good for others in promoting your school's values uh, if, you're, if you're embodying these things. But imagine if you just went around promoting yourself. Your peers would actually see right through you uh, and stop taking any notice of your leadership. In fact, Paul warns us against listening to leaders telling you what to do to meet their own agenda as leaders. Uh, so in verse 18 there, if you have it in front of you, uh, Paul says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They're puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. So in a nutshell, there's, there's people who've been saying, look, I've had this great experience. I'm really good at this spiritual thing. Uh, and if you're not like me, if you haven't had those same experiences, you're not a superstar like I am, uh, you're not going to be accepted by God like I am. Rubbish. It's nonsense. Paul tells us what these kind of people, these kind of leaders are on about is not God, it's themselves. They're puffing themselves up. He says, don't let them tell you that you are inferior. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have it all. You have it all. Now, I really love the church I'm in at Tonsley, and I know Colin loves Woodcroft here for many reasons. Uh, One of them at both churches I know we really uh, cherish is uh, it's a church where we understand um, this point. It's a special place to be. Um, There's never going to be a perfect church, of course, but it makes such a big difference when we're not comparing ourselves to others. We're not competing to be the spiritual superstar. Uh, I think, by and large, um, we can be so thankful to be part of churches where we know we're on the same page. Uh, As followers of Jesus, we don't lack anything. We are spiritual superstars, all of us, no matter what we can or can't do, if we're followers of Jesus. So even though we are all different, we simply don't judge. What a great community to be part of that's not judgmental. Praise God for that. We can accept and love each other, and it's a, it's a precious thing. Keep cherishing that here at Woodcroft. So we've seen some good values, uh, like the school values here, and we've seen in Colossians there are people who adopt bad values, uh, being all about themselves. But even as I say that, good values, bad values, hopefully you start thinking, well, what makes a good value? What makes a bad value? And how do you tell the difference? Most importantly, where do you get values from? Do you just pluck them out of thin air and see if it's good or not? And how do you know once you've done that? What makes a good rule? What makes a useless one? Uh, Is it as simple as whether we like it or not? Imagine again if that's how we did road rules. I like going 60, well, I like going 80. (laughs) I like driving the left side, I like driving the right side. What a disaster if that's how we lived our lives, choosing our own values, our own rules. What chaos. In life, it's not that uh, people who want to ditch God uh, want to have no values. That doesn't seem to be the case at all. It seems more often people who want to ditch God usually just want to make up their own values. They do want to pull out of thin air often. And they end up with uh, usually their own lists of do's and don'ts, uh, all of their own. And the problem is, if we get to make our own rules... It's usually to serve our own agenda, isn't it? Uh, It'll always uh, be looking for us first. Uh, It'll help us inflate our own sense of importance. In contrast, I think about God's agenda. Uh, God's agenda for us is to each know his perfect love. God doesn't have a bad side. He doesn't do grumpy days. Uh, Perhaps best of all for a leader, God's not insecure. He doesn't need our approval. It's a good thing. He... Most of all for us, he cares deeply that we know his love and know him. Perhaps the challenge for some of us today is to consider, wouldn't you rather give yourself over to that agenda, to that sort of way of doing life? Now, this might sound like a bold statement this morning, uh, especially if you're someone pretty new to Christian things or thinking through these things for the first time. Um, What I want to say is God's agenda is far better than our own. 
His agenda is far better than our own. That's a big statement. You might want to think through that and uh, feel free to come and catch me afterwards if you want to, uh, yeah, come back at me on that one. But it seems to me adopting his values and being a good example of them is far better than anything we can come up with ourselves. I'd argue, actually, that uh, in world history, it, it seems pretty clear on this point. Uh, a lot of the things that we value here in Australia and our culture, the things we would say are good values, uh, those things originally come from what God has said in the Bible. So uh, take things uh, very popular and very good things like uh, equality of rights, uh, the sanctity or preciousness of human life, uh, the importance of looking after creation, the dignity of every human. Now, these values have come from somewhere, haven't they? Uh, They've come from somewhere in Western history that we've adopted and loved here in Australia. My argument is they've come into our culture because that's what the Bible teaches. Greek culture didn't cherish those things. Roman culture didn't cherish those things. Persians didn't cherish those things. But God values those things. And we recognize them now as good values because we've had a long history as a culture of looking at the Bible and reading and learning about them. And even if many Australians no longer recognize God as the one who gave us those values, we still recognize his values are good. And so the school values and Western society's values uh, find their roots in God's good values. We didn't invent human rights with our own cleverness. We relied on God's values to shape the things that we love, because he does. Now, um, there's a lot of uh, talk at the moment about chat, GBT, and artificial intelligence. Um, So to illustrate the point I'm trying to make, or Colin was making, uh, Colin took part of the school's values uh, and took it to chat, GPT. Um, This um, this is part from school's values. It's a bit about inspiring confidence. I'll read, this is from the school's values. Inspiring confidence. At At the heart of Woodcroft College is a desire to inspire confidence in our students and each other. We support our students to be the best they can be. Now, hopefully uh, some of you will be familiar with that and you think, yeah, that's that's quite nice. Um, Colin asked artificial intelligence to turn that into a limerick. Here's what we've got. We want our students to take the lead, take risks, join in and always proceed. We urge our staff to, to inspire with all they do so that every day we can succeed. It's pretty nice, isn't it? It's a very clever uh, reworking of the school values. Um, But hopefully you see the point there actually is that AI is only coming up with ideas and forms that's been created and programmed with. It's the same idea with us and our values. God has given good things. We've reshaped and reformed them, but we can still recognise the goodness in them coming from God. We could take our leadership values from merely human ideas, uh, which nearly always has a very human, very flawed and selfish agenda built into it. The alternative, I think, uh, and what Paul's saying here in Colossians, is we can connect to Jesus as our head. Jesus, who loves us perfectly, uh, who went to the cross because he loves us so much, to rescue us. Uh, Jesus actually gives us a way to see the world with clarity and to know the best values. And we see that he puts others first. And so we can do that too. And when we're putting Jesus in his rightful place, uh, at the centre of our decision-making, at the centre of our lives, not just on the outskirts of our lives, but at the centre, everything else can fall in place. That's when values really start to make sense to us, I think. See, leaders, uh, leaders need to be able to answer a very important question. Uh, why should anyone follow you? Why should anyone follow you? Uh, for the student leaders, a uh, way to ask that, I suppose, what is it about you that will mean other students will pay attention to what you say and what you do? Well, it turns out the best academic research in this area, uh, from top business schools, they keep coming up with basically the same quality that's needed in a leader. Servant-hearted leadership. Jesus was right all along. Uh, People will follow you when you don't use your leadership position for your own sake, but for the good of others. 
I know that sounds a bit back to France, but that is how God has wired us, to recognise his good values in that. When you give yourself up for others, uh, when you think of others first, ironically, uh, that's when you'll find the deepest and longest-lasting reward. Jesus really is the ultimate leader. He served us in the ultimate way in history. He willingly went to die on a cross, the ultimate cost to himself, as an act of service, serving us by dying for us. Uh, Jesus' death brings uh, forgiveness from God when we genuinely seek it. That's what his death means. And that means... Uh, No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, what we've failed or succeeded in, because of Jesus, we are accepted and approved by God. That is amazing. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate leader. The kind of leadership that Jesus showed that set him apart from everyone else was servant leadership, giving himself up for others, um, for the sake of others. And so I think it's only by adopting all of Jesus' values as we build our lives entirely around him that's when uh, that's what can really change us and change those who lead us, uh, change those we lead. Uh, at the end there, in verse twenty-three, the end of our reading, uh, Paul's saying, in the long run, rules and restrictions and human-made the ones that humans make up, they don't actually work. Uh, they don't restrain us from doing bad, and they're just trying to change us from the outside. It, it's asking too much of rules to change us. What we really need is we change from within. We need a heart transplant. And so the good news uh, about all of this, if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, is that Jesus didn't stay dead. Uh, Jesus' resurrection from the dead proves that what he says is definitely true. He really can save us. He really can make us right with God. And he really can change us. Uh, Jesus' promise is that when we trust in him, we are given a new life. Uh, We're given a new heart uh, through the same power that raised him from the dead. It's powerful. For me, that's, I find that really exciting, that idea, being able to have a new heart. That means we can actually choose what God wants more and more. That's a good thing. The things that please God are good for us and good for others. And ironically, as we start doing those things that are best for others, the things that God wants the most, that's when we find the most joy ourselves. And so to finish my time, a question here for reflection, perhaps, and chatting further over a tea or coffee for those who are regular here at Trinity Church Woodcroft. Um, what would you say are the rules here? I think, I'm, I think I'm right in saying I was pretty relaxed wearing whatever I wanted. I don't think I'd be uh, yeah, stoned or anything like that for doing that. But there are other rules, things you've sort of accidentally let sort of slip, um, slip into our thinking here, things that other than Jesus we started treating as if uh, they're just as important as him. Uh, one thing you might want to think through is that the many good disciplines, uh, things like reading our Bible and praying, they're good things, uh, really good things, of course, but have we turned them somehow into something extra you need? Uh, to, uh, to have more than Jesus. Well, if that's the case, we need to turn back to Jesus and think through those things more carefully and prayerfully. One final encouragement for the student leaders here today. Uh, good on you for stepping up. It's a great thing you're doing. Our world really does need more good leaders with great values, uh, those who are putting others first. And I'm, you're going to use uh, Colin's own words, uh, literally word for word here, as he talks about his uh, and our prayer for you here at Trinity Church Woodcroft. Our prayer for you is that living out these school values will be good for you, good for your fellow students, good for the school. But most of all, our prayer is that you lead, that as you lead, you're appointed Jesus, the perfect, other-person-centred leader who loves you so much he gave up his life so you can have eternal life. Would you join me as I pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us the perfect leader in Jesus. Uh, He shows us how much you love us. 
who shows us that there is forgiveness of sins and complete acceptance by you for those who seek it. Thank you, Jesus, that you show us what it means to serve others before ourselves. So please guard us, help us stay away from a form of religion or a shape of our life that is based on human values, human rules. And so help us to seek you, to have your values, and to have joy in living in relationship with you. And we pray for our student leaders with us today, that as they live out their school values, they would find great joy in that. It would be a wonderful thing for them in their own lives and for many years of leadership and caring for others around them. We pray their leadership would be good for their fellow students and ultimately for the school. Uh, we pray for each one of us and uh, that yeah, as we keep looking to Jesus, you would help us have him uh, shape our values, help us to love others as he loved us, and please keep, uh, help us pointing others to eternal life in him as well. Amen.